Welcome back to the In The Making podcast. Today we've got Jordan Kales joining us. Jordan is a leader in sales coaching. He has managed to grow from zero to 50,000 followers over the course of the last five months. On this episode, we go through um, a new app called Clubhouse. We talk about sales coaching, entrepreneurship, and a bunch of other fun stuff. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the In The Making podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think it's it's uh, safe to say that up until now, you are the person with the most followers on Instagram, on social <laughs> media that has been here. Um, so, so thank you for gracing us with your presence. Um, yeah, basically where we left off was, um, was our mutual friend, Dan connected us. Um, I checked out your page. You're, you're basically just giving away like tons of free sales tips on Instagram. I'm guessing you figured out a way to monetize that and kind of, uh, like use that to, I guess, drive people towards you and prospect and, uh, and then, I would, I would imagine you're teaching sales, um, on top of that. Otherwise, why would there be a point you, it seems like you've, uh, you've done a great job putting together the page that you have, um, which is something that we aspire to do since we basically have no page right now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be asking you for tips on that. I think yeah. anyone else who's, who's looking to go from, I feel like it looks like you're kind of at that sweet spot where you haven't made it to like half a million followers and you're blowing up. Um, so it's very relatable to see where you are now. Dan told me it only took you nine months to get where you are. Um, so that's obviously super impressive. Um, just we've literally never even spoken before this conversation right now. Um, so just to give you like a quick background on us, uh, Pat and I run a business together does um, that does home services like window cleaning and gutter cleaning. Um, we we've done been doing similar things for the last eight years and basically scaled it up from zero to about fifteen hundred clients in the last uh, two years. And this year we're looking to uh, triple that to go to just over four thousand clients. Um, and uh and yeah that's 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 pretty much our story so the, the floor is yours tell, tell us, us about tell us yourself your story. tell us yeah. about who you are and what you're doing and uh and for all of our listeners yeah well absolutely i, I appreciate you guys having me on i i uh I appreciate the compliments uh, with the, <laughs> the amount of followers i have but what's crazy i don't every time i, I used to think uh like 10k followers was when I first started on Instagram. Yeah. I used to think 10,000 followers was like this crazy number, and it was like so much. And then when I hit it, I'm like, okay, it's just 10k. Same with 20, yeah. same with 30. And yeah. like I look at 50, and I'm like, oh, it's literally nothing because there's people with millions. So I feel like it's the same yeah. thing with with money and income. You know, when you're in university and you make a thousand dollars, it's like the biggest deal. And then when you're like 25, you're like. I can't do anything with a thousand dollars. Yeah, you kind of especially realize in like, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, honestly, especially in Toronto, and like every milestone, that's what I've realized. Just to touch on that for for like a second, like every single milestone you hit, if it has to do with numbers, like followers, for example, once you hit it, it's like okay, what's next? Um, yeah. And then you just think whatever you have isn't enough. Like I guarantee, there's people with a million followers being like, oh, I've got no followers, like it's nothing. Um, yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a sales consultant. Uh, I'm all about sales. I started my page, honestly, yeah, nine months ago. And with just the intention of pumping out sales content, because when I was browsing Instagram, I mean, I've never been a huge Instagram user, but 
when what I noticed is there were no sales, no sales niche pages that I could find that just talk sales, more marketing, more branding. So I was like, you know what? I love sales, love talking about it. Uh, why don't I jump on, share my value? If people gravitate to it and like it, great. If they don't, all good. Um, but nine months later, it's worked out. It's worked out okay. Gaining uh, some followers in the, that nine months, and it's going great. So right wow. now, um, um, are you? You said you work as a sales consultant. So are you? basically just working for yourself and that's it? Or are you also working a job in sales with a company on the side? Yeah. So I used to, I used to run a gym and I was heavy into the fitness industry for several years prior to this. So my main area of expertise was sales plus fitness. So I would run, I would run sales teams at gyms and essentially train the sales teams. Right. Um, so a combination of fitness and sales. And then I kind of developed a strong passion for just sales. And that led me to hop on Instagram, where now I've trained salespeople, construction, literally anything. I, I have clients that are in construction, real estate, you name it. I've coached someone in that industry. So that's kind of evolved from more than just the fitness sales to sales in general. Wow. And that's, Um, and that's your full-time gig. Like right now you're, you're fully living just off of coaching sales coaching. Exactly. You got it. Was there a point where you like quit your job to go and do that? Or was it just like, fuck this, I'm quitting. I'm going all in on this, whether I'm making, you know, a hundred dollars a month or 50 K a month, like this is it. Yeah. Honestly, uh, March of March of, uh, last year. When was it? When, you know, everything happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That pandemic, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, yeah. you know, you know, gym shut down, yeah. Uh, yeah. et cetera. So when that kind of happened, I was like, you know what, let's just do this. I, I wanted to do it for a while. Like I've been, I've been in sales for a while. So when I, when that happened, I was like, you know what, let's, what, what, if there, if you can't do it when you're at home, when there's nothing else going on, then you're just never going to do it. So I figure, I totally agree. Yeah, I let's totally get agree. to it. Um, I was wondering, so I know you said you worked at gyms. Like I was wondering where, is that where you got your start? Like where did you first encounter sales and kind of like catch the sales bug? I know we kind of met in like a student painting program. That's where we kind of both were like, whoa, like this is, this is cool. And kind of caught the bug. Like where were you, where did, was it that you kind of first cut your teeth? Yeah, cool. Uh, so essentially I've been doing, I think my first like actual s- sales experience, I was 13 years old and I was selling for my uncle's lobster shop, like real young, like 13. And he would leave me and my brother in uh, the shop alone. And we were young, right? Like 13 isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's a young age. So we had a bunch of customers come in and it wasn't like sales, like hard selling and, and like mm. actually getting them, but they were just interested in buying lobsters. And it was just my first experience with dealing with, in, you know, in a transactional way, they give me money, a mm. uh, little bit of I bargaining. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> money yeah. for lobster. There was some, some, some kind of negotiation there with, with, the, with, with the pricing and everything. But that was like my first sales experience. And I truly loved it. I don't know what, what, what it was about it that I loved, but I really loved it. As the years mm. progressed, I ended up, uh, me and my brother, we, we used to sell olive oil, man. Like we've, we sold a lot. Um, wow. Yeah, we had uh, we used to farmers markets where we would uh, sell olive oil. So literally, like you would buy it and then resell it. Yeah, so so we we had a connection to a uh, 
uh, through a, a friend of a friend who had an olive oil company and we'd essentially wholesale. Yeah, we'd buy it wholesale and then go to farmer's markets and then we'd essentially mark it up and 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 yeah. sell it. And that's yeah. like hard, like it's just, it's not hard selling, but it's essentially like, hey guys, come and try this olive oil. And then we'd go into a whole pitch. So it's like a, a very condensed and quick way of making a sale from prospecting to finish. Like the prospecting yeah. is, hey, come on over here and try this. And we do the pitch and we have to close uh, within a matter of minutes. So it's like a really uh, a short sales cycle, essentially. Wow. I personally, I love short sales cycles because it's, you get so much um, immediate feedback on what you're doing. Mm. Whereas I feel like in big companies, it kind of gets lost when there's a six month sales cycle and you're going from person to person to person. And when you're, uh, when you're doing something like that, it's like, okay, boom, what do I say to get them in the door? Now they're in the door. What do I say to keep them here and listen? And then, and then I have to close them and you're getting constant feedback on, on what you're not doing well and what you are doing well. And it, you're able to improve way faster. I love that. I, to be honest, I, I've never liked the long sales cycles in terms of like that corporate stuff. Yeah. Truly mm-hmm. because it's hardly sales. It's more just going through approval processes. In my opinion, yeah. Um, yeah. I like just real like human to human where you're actually dealing with the decision maker and it's yeah. not just this long process. Obviously there's, and, and there's different strategies involved, but I love service based sales. Um, literally so just, we. yeah, that's our business. Like, that's our yeah. Business, seriously, right? B to C like straight to consumer. That's my favorite. Um, love it. Absolutely. Love it. So now, um, are you, are you prospecting? Like, do you, are you running ads on Facebook and all over the internet or is it primarily through Instagram where you're driving traffic? Yeah. So honestly, I've never used, or, and this could be, a, this could be a lot of missed opportunity. I don't know. I've really never I don't know how to run a Facebook ad, never done it. Um, and I've never used any sort of paid advertising yet. I've given it some thought. I've even, you know, reached out to a few people to see if we can potentially work together in terms of like figuring out an ad plan for me, but I've never done any sort of advertising ever. So it's all organic. That's fantastic. And that, I feel like that's, almost better to start because when you're doing it organically, it's, I mean, it's the same thing as the the short sales cycle. Like when you're person to person, when you're just doing organic and you're, um, you're building up that natural flowing audience, um, you're really able to see like what's working and what doesn't. And I feel like paying for ads is, is just a way to like accelerate what you're already doing. So you're going to get in front of a wider audience. If you don't know what you're doing and you spend 500 bucks on ads, it's, it's money gone into the wind. But if you really know what you're doing and it's working, you spend 500 bucks, you know who to target with what ads and it's, it really works well. Yeah. I, I actually, actually let, let, let me add to that. Cause I have a very brief story. You guys all know what drop shipping is, right? Yeah, Every- of course. course. Yeah. <laughs> this was, uh, I don't know, it was three or four years ago. There's all the, oh, the drop shipping hype. Ah, you can make so much money drop shipping. Me and my brother, we tried to do like mini drop shipping store. Um, I think we were trying to sell like blue light glasses. The, the oh, blue- yeah, 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 yeah. And they're cool. They're like cool ass glasses. I like those glasses. Um, <laughs> and we set up like a little Shopify store and we're like, we're going to be rich running ads, right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, it's all ads. Yeah. And we spend a few hundred dollars on ads, five, $600. He did the most of the ad stuff. Nothing. Yeah. 
year of. So there's definitely some skill behind that, uh, which I am completely unaware definitely. of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, before, um, like basically we have an off season cause our work is seasonal. And then every, I would say like December, November, December until January, I'm kind of like way freer than I normally am. I'm not working a hundred hours a week or anything. So over the past few years, I would keep picking up like a new hobby or niche business to try and get into. And one of the years that I did it, um, two years ago, it was, uh, or it was last year I was doing pretty much what you're doing. I was, except my niche was focusing on, um, on, uh, uh, teaching salespeople at software startups on how to improve their sales skills. And it was like, it was a high ticket course. We were selling it for like $2,000 US a piece. Um, and it was one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And, and uh, I don't know, I'm sure you know Sam Ovens. I know the name, but I can't put anything else to it other than that name just so sounds familiar. Sam Ovens basically is, uh, he lives in New York. He's like a New Zealander that, uh, that now owns the domain consulting.com um, and I'm obviously there's hype all over the internet about like learning how to do build a course from somebody else in doing what you're doing. So he was the guy that basically like he's the as far as I know he's the number one guru teaching people how to build a course in any niche they want. Um, so it it was it was tremendous value. It was a really great program. Um, so I, I followed that kind of system and uh, and I was doing that for a while. And he tells you, you know, until you have like $10,000 in revenue, don't put any money into ads because anything you think, you know, is probably bullshit and it's wrong and you're going to waste all your money. And we went through like $5,000 in ad, ad spend in like a week and had almost nothing to show for it. So, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you really, so you really have to, to say know it's doing. good that you haven't yeah. put any money into ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are making me not want to. Jordan, I was actually just wondering, so uh, basically you, you have, you went from zero to what is it? 40 or 50 you're at now? A thousand. I think I'm at 49.7 K. So okay, like we'll call just it around 50. 50. We'll call it 50. <laughs> I think, um, I think yeah. <laughs> you did that in, and it was, it was nine months. Uh, uh, nine months. Yeah. It's been about so, nine months. So take me through like, cause obviously we're trying to build something here. So can you tell me like what, like, I guess, uh, like how you broke that down into like, what are your, like, what were your like daily actions that you would, things you would do like repetitively every day to like build that. And what were you kind of like looking for? How, what was your, what were you going up by all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Let's start yeah. with what didn't work and then move yeah, into what yeah. did. Honestly, great. One of my favorite questions, man, because it's, it's so great in the fact that I now know, um, I, number one, let me say, I, I, knew I had no prior knowledge of Instagram. Like I barely mm. use it even personally. So I knew nothing about so that's it. That's like the perfect like test case for this. Yeah. Honest, honestly, yeah. Like this is how I know. And I'm confident when I say to anyone, if you want to build a bigger Instagram following, like 50, hundred K, it's not even that big, but if you want to build like a hot, you know, enough Instagram followers, you can come in with zero knowledge and do it in a relatively short amount of time just by applying strategies that I've used and have worked for me. Um, so the mistakes that I've made, here's the thing. I went from zero to 1000 followers in I think four months. Okay. Wow. Oh, there you and go. that's crazy. Yeah. Cause I went from one K to 50 K. So I essentially gained 49,000 followers in about six months. Less that's five crazy. months. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so funny. And then one zero to one K 
was the hardest. And that was like from yeah. zero to one K took me about as long as from one K to 50 K. I and feel like so many people need to hear that because that's so applicable to like anything I've ever done that I had any moderate success at. It was like the beginning is the hardest thing in the world and you get no results, like losing weight, so running a business, yeah. learning sales, anything. And then w- once you hit it, it's like, boom, you're learning, 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 learning. Dude, it's so like, it's so true. And that will now carry over to everything I do in life. Cause one thing yeah. I almost quit, I think three or four times. Now I made a post on this, just as you say, it's so nice to hear and it's relatable. Uh, one of my best performing posts, like I think we've got like over a thousand comments or not, maybe a little less than that, but it was literally exactly saying like how I grew my Instagram page from zero to 40 K. And I wrote in it like, I almost quit three times going from zero to one K because it literally is the hardest part. And that's where most people I think give up just as I did almost three times. And I think the reason that I did it was because I had more spare time to just put into it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything right now. Let's just keep going. But I stopped for a you know, two weeks when I was at 600 followers, I was like two weeks, no posting. I'm done. I'm done. You know, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. Um, so I definitely can see that in like anyone who's, you know, on Instagram trying to build any brand because I'm building my own brand, right? I'm building, you know, the sales with Kale's brand. And so no matter what business you're in, you can build a brand on Instagram. You just, with the right strategies, the right determination, um, it's everything. So did you just continue to do the same stuff after those first four months or did you make a big shift in what you were doing? Yeah. So here's the thing. So on Instagram, and there's a lot of mis- there's a lot of controversy out there on there, out there, out there on this as well. <laughs> I mixed my words up there, but mm-hmm. essentially I would say you got to post. I posted daily. I think I'm on like literally, I don't know, two or three probably 200 days right now of just every day I posted, maybe even more. Mm. And it's just consistency. Truthfully, consistency is the, is the biggest element of anything. Um, being showing up there every single day is going to be what gets you to, to have that momentum, that snowball effect mm-hmm. where you go from zero to 1K and that's hell and it comes so slow. But guess what? Now let's imagine a snowball rolling down the hill it's picked up some speed and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. to the point where now momentum's working for you. And you don't it's have to put mm. literally exactly that. And you don't have to put in as much effort. Now you have everything else working for you. Um, so the biggest things that I would say, I engaged every day, every day I, I posted and every single day I would spend a few hours engaging with whatever audience I had, maybe five people, 10 people, however many it was, I would engage with them. I would DM them. I would connect with them, you know, just try and start a conversation with them. Not like you were reaching out to them or you were just responding to people commenting and and messaging both. So I would do both, whatever I had time for. If there was five people, like here's the thing, right? We all start with zero on Instagram. So first there was five people commenting on my, my page. Right. And it's, it's essentially, you got to see it like as a business, even though you're not making any money at first, it's essentially a business. Like those five people in your audience, you've got to do work to retain them. Like you want to keep them in your comment section because the way the Instagram algorithm works is when you have people engaging with your content, Instagram pushes that out to more people. So it's essentially everyone who's engaging with your stuff essentially almost works for you in terms of getting that 
your content mm-hmm. out there to a bigger audience. So I always, and even to this day, I make it a habit to do my best to engage with every single person who comments on my post because I want them to come back and engage with it every single day. Wow. So, so then I guess it was just like consistency was the biggest thing it sounds like. And, um, and were you putting a lot of thought into your posts or was it just kind of like, okay, as long as like quantity over quality in the beginning, or even if I can't think of something great to post today, I'm still going to come up with something. It's better than nothing. I'm just going to post it and, you know, keep that daily posting going. Excellent. Dude. Love that question. So uh, I'm a huge, it's always got to be quality. Like I'm one of the mm-hmm. biggest uh, advocates for if you're going to post anything, it's got to be useful. It's got to bring value. And if it's not bringing value, it's just going to hurt your brand. Maybe not entirely true, but I'm a big believer in that. I mean, if I'm going to post something, my audience needs to find it useful. Um, and so to answer your question, it's, it's was in quantity, but because I've, I've been in sales for a while. I've got, you know, I've, I've, I have so much knowledge uh, backed up from just reading, let's say over a hundred sales books I've read that Mm. I can pump out a ton of content that is quality. And because it's Mm. so niched, like it's just sales that I can talk about so many little sales areas and make a a post on the smallest. You can just like role play any given situation with the same four you know, skills and just recycle those skills into a, th- a thousand different situations. And, and that's what I do. Get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got like probably 20 posts on handling one objection. Like I need to think about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I've, I, I've watched a bunch of those handling yeah. objections. Those are yeah. actually really good. I've gotten some value. I, 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 I like really it. agree with you on like, if it's not quality, it's hurting your brand yeah. because I mean, even on Instagram, I find like, like to know what you said, like I follow other people like Grant Cardone and and whoever else. And, um, and I follow them, but after so many times of like feeling like a post was bullshit or like it kind of wasted my time, I just start scrolling past those people. And then yeah. I know, and now I'm, yeah. and now I'm numb to whatever the content they're posting because I'm like, I know that you it's probably it's not going to be that great. Like, oh, well, you know, like yeah, right over. Dude, and, it's very and- true. That's what I'm terrified of. Even with my stories, I'm like, I'm not posting something that's useful. I'm going to condition my audience to associate my content with something that isn't useful to them. And if I do that, Mm. just as you said it, they're going to now be scrolling over my content because the last time they didn't get value out of it. So I'm like, Mm. it's got to be quality content. Always, always, always. I feel like that's very applicable, like for us, because it's so tough because like, I'm a very big believer that if you're not going all in on something, it's nearly impossible to like actually make it work. And this podcast is kind of just that, like we're putting in the reps and doing it, recording one or two episodes every single week and and putting out a new episode every week. But I know if we didn't have full-time jobs, we would definitely be chopping up the content way more. We would be posting way more. We would be thinking about, and it's kind of become an afterthought where it's like, okay, let's get really great episodes in. But then when it comes to me posting, I'll like make a post the night before, like new episode tomorrow. And then I'll make a post the day of, like, check it out with a little bio. And that's kind of it. And even I I know that I could be doing better, but I guess I'm kind of like caught between not putting in the time to really think about how I'm doing it. And now that you're saying this, I'm kind of waking up to like, okay, there's only so many times I'm going to post new episode tomorrow before people stop giving a shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so true because the, the the worst thing and again in my opinion is like condition like conditioning your audience just to believe that your content isn't isn't valuable and then they stop uh finding use for it, right? And they keep yeah. going by it. Yeah. So now we have uh, that. Now we need advice. Now we just uh, what do we do? <laughs> um, I actually had a question for you. This might get a little, a little too much into the technical, but we need help. So I'm genuinely curious. What do you, cause like your Instagram page is obviously like super, super high quality of stuff. What do you use to make that like edit those all that? Like, what do you, what do you use to like create uh, your Instagram posts? Yeah, cool. This will probably make you happy. This answer. Uh, <laughs> I am the most, uh, ignorant when it comes to design okay like okay. i'm like the i've the worst well, and it i really show it, your page is awesome I really, that, means, that means a lot to me because i really think it's so basic uh but i literally use canva i've never designed okay before. oh yeah use canva a, too. Okay, dude it's cool. amazing i downloaded it and i thought it was too like I don't know, like feminine, and then I just stopped using it. Feminine, but I oh, it's just... great! No way, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's like online Photoshop, but like a lot simpler. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, so it's you use perfect. Canva to make all of these posts. Yeah, he's got a all color scheme and everything. Wow. And what about the uh, like the stock images? They give it to you. So I here's the thing. I used to use Unsplash, where yeah. it's free, completely free. Yep. I get yep. any image yep. you want. And I just found it so hard to get uh, find an image that I like or use a quality image. Yeah, there's so a just, lot on there. There's so many, but I uh, I ended up getting Canva Pro, and it's okay. the easiest thing in the world to find images now. It's right on the tab where beside where I'm designing. It's a toolbar, oh, um, and you it's can just scroll through it. So e it's like the best. It's so easy just to create because like I'm not a design guy. So I personally, as long as my design have my brand colors in it. I'm not yeah. focused on having incredible design. I'm more about wow, a proper, so uh, yeah. Colors. I know. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes yellow these days. Yellow's yeah. coming back big. Is, uh, I know. I, I love. I love it. It just pops, man. But but yeah. uh, going back to that, I'm just, I, as long as the brand colors are there and the content is there itself, the nice hook yeah. and the actual value in the content. That's what matters to me. I'm not selling design services, so I don't have to uh, please people with a nice design because I'm not creating for mm, people. You have to get the message. Yeah, well, you've got you've got like your your minimum value, right? Wow. Like it's it's just good enough to get it out there. If and if it's great, then it's great. But as long as as long as it's not bad to look at, the the message. It's the content gets that matters. The message. That yeah, matters, so. for sure. And and I mean, it does play a role. I think having a a better design will outperform a less better design. I mean, there's no way around it, but again, I'm not a designer. So yeah. there's, I work with what I got. Well, you're focusing on your, your core competency, right? Like why spend 12 hours trying to figure out a good design that might take someone in advertising an hour to do when you can spend 10 minutes coming up with, you know, good copy and good value content for your followers. And, you know, they're not there for the design, right? They're exactly. there for the sales stuff. Yeah. I don't want my people. I don't want my audience to be there for my design. So I should. Yeah. I should even. I should <laughs> make, make it worse. It worse. <laughs> yeah. Just like you get up. Yeah. Lower yeah, resolution. Honestly. So, so for someone like I guess like for um, a particular example like us for example we're um, you know we're building this podcast we we know we've got experience we know we have um, fantastic people that we're going to have on here and, and the content itself is going to be, um, really valuable to lots of folks, but we want, we really just need them to actually, you know, go from prospecting to get the fuck on and listen to it 
Um, mm. and, and then obviously tell us their feedback. Um, so where would you say we should start navigating from either posting or messaging or engaging to moving to where we want to go? Cool. Yeah. So the brand is essentially podcast, right? It's like essentially mm -hmm. like just the podcast. Is that, is that it? Yeah. So we, yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't, we're I mean, not, if they we're need not window using, cleaning, we'd be happy to do it for them. We're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not using this to push, to push our, our company. Um, yeah. This was more of just like a, let's have fun with it and, yeah. and share, share the knowledge and the value. Um, ideally, like the goal was just to make it about sharing with other people what it's like to kind of be in the process of making it big as opposed to just interviewing people that are already, you know, high up there and it's not really relatable and it's kind of hard to, to get where they're going. Um, we, we work with clients that are, that are like CEOs and presidents of massive corporations. So right now we're like, this podcast is so shitty that we, we can't, <laughs> we can't reach out to those people because there's no way they would want to be on it, but that's the goal, right. To get there. Um, so it's really just about like getting the word out and getting feedback on it and kind of tweaking Improving. It. Yeah. Yeah. Growing. We just want to yeah. see where we can take it kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have any need to monetize it or anything even. It's yeah. just. Oh like, yeah. You, you don't need, I mean, starting off, why would you, the first thing that I would do, man, is just, like you guys just create an Instagram brand, uh, for the podcast, like literally get specific with that. That's what I would do. Um, and then just start posting clips. Cause I mean, a podcast is different than selling a service, right? Yeah. Um, there, it's very different in terms of the strategies to be effective with that. Like a podcast is more along the lines of some form of entertainment. And then depending mm. on how niche you get, it could be like, for example, for me, I've got a sales podcast, right? So for my podcast, like I'm solving sales problems. Mm -hmm. But it really does depend, and this is how you position yourself on what you guys – like if you guys are talking with people like me and you guys have such a diverse diverse uh, people you interview. Audience. Audience, yeah, yeah, not just diverse audience, but a diverse people you interview, interview like you interview oh, me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, then you're not able to make it niche, right? So mm -hmm. then it's more going to be along, along along the lines of just something out of an entertainment uh, base. Like value. what Joe Rogan does. Yeah. Essentially what Joe Rogan does. He even does, right? started as a niche to grow, grow, right? Like he was doing like just a lot of comedians at the beginning and then he became huge and then, mm. you know, went into doing a bunch of other people, right? Yeah. Ex yeah. 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 I mean, and that's, again, I didn't, I, that's something that I didn't know uh, at all, actually. I thought he was just, I thought he was like just an M MMA dude. Oh but, yeah, no, yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. This guy's talented yeah. already. He's a pretty, all he's right. a pretty good one. That's his main. Like a stand-up comedy. His main. <laughs> yeah. He has, he has like a supplement company as yeah. well. He has a big gym in in Texas. I didn't it. even know yeah. that. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked. There what doesn't go. What doesn't he do? <laughs> yeah, not there's not much. And yeah. apparently, he's like incredibly. What did you say? You're like he he doesn't like to work very hard. That that was his. Uh, no, so he doesn't. Uh, it's it's not that he doesn't like to work very hard. I think he works very no hard, way, but yeah. he just says, um, like oh, yeah. he has a lot of friends that are like you know like big. Like obviously he like knows Elon Musk and stuff like that. So he just he talks about people who have like assistants, and he says like, listen, if you have an assistant, you're doing too much. Like just cut some stuff out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no way! Really? Yeah. He says, if you have an assistant, you're doing too much. Like, just cut some stuff out. 
You don't I've need never, to do that. I've <laughs> never stop trying to go to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I've never in my life heard anything like that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Interesting. I mean, the guy advice. runs a podcast, the biggest podcast in the world, right? And it's him and one other guy. Dude, it's crazy. It. I think he's, yeah. I think he sold the rights to like Shopify for like a hundred million dollars. No, like, he oh, uh, Spotify. No, he yeah, oh, yeah, Spotify, no, Spotify, not Shopify. Too. Spotify. Yeah, so he he licensed it, I think. Uh, I'm not sure how long the deal is for, but he def they definitely licensed it to spotify um and yeah an undisclosed amount but we can assume it's in the, yeah. the, the guys seven to eight digit does not need eight, money yeah, at least eight digit range yeah pray yeah. insane Whatever ferrari you think is nice he probably owns the one yeah. in five in the world type so, so hey you guys are in the you guys are in the right space i mean podcasting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly guys the yeah, limits yeah. What are yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on Clubhouse? You mentioned that earlier when we were talking. Yeah, truthfully, I love I love the idea behind it. Personally, I do it. I get on it once a week with another sales guy that I connected with on Instagram. We just have a room, kind of talk talk sales, um, take questions from the audience once a week. I don't do it a lot. I mm. absolutely love the idea behind it behind it though the best yeah. way to communicate value is literally just through speaking through your voice like that's it yeah, yeah. Um, how um how do you see it kind of i know it's like new and like it's invite only now right so like how do you see it yeah, kind of you fitting? can get an invite in i know there. you can get an invite but i'm just saying like it's obviously like in its very like early stages like of its, it's very new um so i was just like how do you see it fitting into i guess yours potentially ours on the road like how do you see it fitting into the funnel of like where you're like channeling people i guess for you it's to your instagram and then eventually to your consulting to us it's to, to the podcast I feel like it's like, prospecting it's massive for prospecting probably well yeah i'll answer that question uh with with through i'll answer that question through the experience of this guy uh, his name's david who just who joined clubhouse i think when it came out a few months ago and he's amassed like a huge um he loves it it's his number one like i we we uh we connected he had like 1k followers on instagram um and he was he just couldn't figure out how to grow on instagram and he ended up hopping up hopping on clubhouse and it just clicked for him like wow. huge wow. yeah like now he, he's like at 4k followers on clubhouse so is he just like um, hopping into chat rooms and like giving value and getting followers i think he is i think he honestly is and i think that's basically and he hosts rooms too and that's you know so you in the bot in his bio you can put stuff so i mean that's a a, a source to just generate leads right there i mean yeah. people see him mm. talking they yeah. like what he says they go to his bio they see he's got some sort of uh, funnel and that's when the funnel starts you can, but you can put a that. link in just, your bio i just and, like can talk all day cool. and like people yeah, anyway, you, and i just go can... to like from room to room and talk no and really talk until people yeah. follow me people give me in the other room and be like i just heard this how do i get away from this <laughs> yeah guy? no it, it's crazy like it's crazy because that's <laughs> yeah that's literally what they do and you could spend like the same thing 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> shit this guy again <laughs> yeah, this guy again yeah. god can you block people yeah you can all the rooms I want to join. <laughs> um, so, like, if oh, if, if I I like I'll, I'll I haven't really taken a look at it at all, but um, I don't know why they put this random dude's face on it, but it it is it is appealing. So you open Clubhouse, and then you see a couple of, like rooms that are open now in front of you. You can start a room, and then if you go into search, I guess you just search like sales, and then boom, you're yeah. gonna see like a bunch of sales stuff. 
Yeah, clubs. I think so. Yeah, and then you can you can like join clubs or something. Again, I've only yeah. used it like a few times. To mm. be honest, I love the idea, but I don't know how into it I'm going to get. I like doing mm. Instagram lives. I do some Instagram lives. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, yeah. I like doing that. I I think I I I think the best way to communicate value value though is through your voice, like actually just speaking. Yeah, by yeah. far, like it's video, authentic, sure. right? Yeah, it's not sure. Like Pre scripted, edited video. It's people can really connect to it. Yeah, and you can get like, like think about it, think about it this way. Like you have like people like Grant Cardone, right? Yeah. Who I've I've joined a few rooms where he's in, and like imagine being able to speak one on one essentially with Grant Cardone yeah. and ask him a question or pitch him an idea. Uh, that's what Clubhouse allows you to do, and mm. truthfully. No other platform allows you to do that because if you send Grant Cardone a DM on Instagram, oh, yeah. he's not answering. Never see it. No, he's not answering you. But if you get into a room and get invited up as a speaker, which is easy to do, you just raise your hand in the room. You now how you now have a chance to literally speak one on one to Grant Cardone or Elon Musk, who was on it as well, which uh, is insane. So the yeah, op- I think yeah I think the opportunity on clubhouse for whether it's if you have a business and you want to get clients or whatever it is or network is gigantic astronaut tell me this if i if you host if like if we hosted a room right now is clubhouse gonna like organically just show like pop that up on people's feeds or are only people that follow us gonna see it that's a good question now i don't know too much still about clubhouse but i'll speak from anecdotally when I first, so I've been doing like, I think I did three or four rooms with my friend, David. The first room, there was like 10 people. The second room, there was a little more. And the third room, there was a little more. So I think there's some algorithms that play into it where if you're consistent and then you start getting recommended. But honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. I think you can invite people to rooms. So you like pre, maybe pre-invite, and then you can get other people who are in the room to invite. It's weird. That I don't know. I wish I did, but I'm not the clubhouse expert. <laughs> I, feel like it's a big, I feel like it's a big opportunity. Like t- when more t- of an expert than we are. When TikTok yeah. came out, it was like, you know, I mean, Gary Vee was all over it. Like TikTok, TikTok. And you obviously have to put a little bit of time into the creativity behind it. But I feel like I feel like clubhouse is basically like just always being on Instagram live or posting stories where you don't have to worry about editing or cutting it up or really con you just, you just go and speak. And if people like you, then boom, you're getting an audience. And you know, what's another thing I think, uh, I think clubhouse is so popular because it doesn't allow you to show your face. I just I think that because I I think mm. naturally people just don't like yeah. showing their face on camera. Yeah. People are just yeah. naturally yeah. uncomfortable with it. And I think because they eliminate the option, like you can't show your face, it mm. just makes it more inviting where like people don't have that anxiety like uh, like I guarantee you a lot of people don't do Instagram lives cuz they literally have to show their face. Sure. And they don't want to do that. Yeah, 100% yeah you gotta you gotta make sure that you're exposed your, your lighting is good yeah. you gotta make sure that you know you're not you're not lying in bed disheveled and uh <laughs> there you go um, yeah so, so let's let's uh hop into like your your business right now so you've built up this page you're obviously getting people messaging you for help i imagine it, it's not terribly hard to find you know one in a thousand people that 
you know, really needs help and, and they see you as an expert and now, now they're ready to buy in to, to ask you for support. So how have you, um, how have you been, I guess, building up that brand? Like, are you just taking people as they come or are, are you running a page that's like, okay, if you want to be coached by me, go to this page, fill out this form. And there's kind of a system behind it. Yeah. Cool. I mean, so for that, I like, truthfully, I don't, I, again, like I could be o- operating on such a higher level in mm-hmm. terms of ads and funnels. I haven't done any of that truthfully because I, I never came into, sh- you know, came in to Instagram with the idea of really monetizing, if I'm being purely honest, wasn't even my intention. I just wanted to share what I know, have a few people listen to me and just add some value. But essentially what I started doing on Instagram, uh, when I came, I started doing like free discovery calls where I'd hop on a call with them 30 minutes and uh, essentially it's a sales call, right? If it makes sense, I try and close them. uh, And I quickly stopped doing that just because there's so many people that essentially waste your time um qualify them yeah not in a bad way but the thing is i i i enjoy doing that i did that because not just with the intention of just trying to sell i actually like you know talking to new people and providing value so that was fun but i did realize there are so many people um that just just weren't a good fit for even that call for me. So that's when I started to say, no, I'm not doing these calls anymore. Um, And I just took like a purely organic lead generation approach where I just set my page up in a way to generate leads for me in the most automated way I could think of. So someone Um, can like go on the page and it'll say like, if you want to work with me, this is what you get. This is the price. Decide on your own. Yeah. So essentially it's like this, right? So on my posts, I will, what I do is I'm a big fan of number one. I've, I think testimonials are huge. You get mm, adds a ton sure. of, yeah, a ton yeah. of leverage in terms of just getting people over the fence to be actually interested in doing business with you. So I have my highlights set up in a way that demonstrates the amount of testimonials I have, the level of expertise I have, and that's basically it on my highlights and that people can scroll through that as they see fit. And then on my posts, obviously the value. And then I just CTAs, like I use call to actions, right? So mm-hmm. every single post, you'll see that I have some sort of call to action. Sometimes it's my sales ebook. Sometimes it's my sales podcast. Sometimes it's my coaching. But essentially, since we're talking about coaching, what I'll have is, you know, click the, on the 10th slide of my post. So once they finish the post, this was freaking awesome. I love what this guy said. It's great. That's what I'm hoping they'd say anyhow. The scroll to the 10th slide. And then it would say, click the link in my bio, fill out my coaching application form. Um, and that's it. And then people would fill it out. And I'd go through that to see if, you know, what I like. And, and then I'd contact them. And Okay. But you're not like advertising a set rate. It's kind of a on-demand basis. So I... Am ad- on my coaching form, I advertise a set rate and I, in, in the sense that I say, you know, my coaching range has a price range of this to this, essentially. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how many people have you worked with so far? I've worked with a ton, man. Well over 100. Um, and yeah. And, and uh, keep in mind that these aren't like recurring monthly clients. One of my favorite mm-hmm. things things to do are individual coaching calls. So these so are like a some, one time, like, like a, a one or two know, or fixed, three times. Like you pay this much, you get an hour of my time. 
Exactly. I'm just curious. I don't know if you'd be comfortable, but for one of those coaching calls, I assume it would be like an hour coaching call. Like how, what's, what's the rate for that? Yes. Yeah, so I do 150. Okay. 150 USD. Reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. USD. I was going to say, yeah. I hope you're charging yeah. USD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, although I'm in Canada, you got to do the USD. You got to get those US dollars. Well, yeah. most, most, I found when we were doing it, every single one of our clients was in the States. It's predominantly American. Yeah. I mean, and it's just the convert, conversion works in our favor. And the way I see it, like, dude, if I'm going to charge, let's say, I, let's say like my number was like, how much is my time worth an hour? And I came up with the 150 mark. Mm-hmm. You might as well put it in USD because it's just a lower amount. Like it'll just yeah. be perceived yeah. as a lower amount because 150 yeah, sure. USD is like 110. It's like, what yeah. am I going to advertise? 150 or 110? Like people look at the numbers and they'll decide yeah. what currency later. Um, um, once you're once you're at one 110, 120, 130, it might as well just be 150. It's just over hundred dollars, and it's not two hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start charging euros soon to get it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only one bitcoin. That's yeah, 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 yeah. One bitcoin. Yeah. I'll start doing bitcoin. <laughs> Whatever's the highest convert <laughs> currency. So I feel like um, like we we've obviously spent a whole bunch of time um asking you questions um, and we don't really like. I feel like we haven't really gone into tooting our own horn on the podcast just because like most people kind of know what yeah. we do at this you point no 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 um, honestly i was i was going to ask you guys about your business i was literally going to open the floor to jordan thank okay. you patrick yeah. um, to, to just because i feel like you know he he might get some value from it and then other for people sure. might appreciate the questions he has so yeah if, if you have any questions for us go for it yeah, no, I truthfully, I was literally going to ask you guys about your business. Like, cause, uh, like you guys, what, you know, say simulated to me 26, 27, yep. uh, around there. Um, and I mean, like, obviously nowadays it's all about, you'll see the entrepreneurial spirit is, is pretty high in a lot of people yeah, or at least the, sure. I, the idea the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. The yeah. More, I think that's a better, that's a better classification because <laughs> everyone loves the idea yeah, of yeah. doing it but it's totally different in reality. And, and I'm yeah. wondering how you guys like got into it and discovered. yeah. Like what, like um, where did you see success? Like what happened in terms of the journey? I, uh, I don't know. I'll go first. I, I've never well, actually it's kind of the same you. journey and you can, how we got into it. Well, like I, I know, did, were you doing anything before student painting? Was there ever anything that you like jumped into or was that kind of your first um, swim in the pond? I had done like little things here and there. And I always knew that like running a business was something that I wanted to do, but I, I never really had like a, a direction or like, a, a like, you know, like I always like yeah. would do these little things, but I would never, it would never really like amount to anything. You know, like I, when I found student painting, I was, it was like, Oh, like this is how That's I can like, like put all the pieces yeah. together and like do this stuff. I like really opened my eyes. So for me, it was like, um, I, I always had, uh, at a very young age, a, a weird obsession with money. And, uh, it wasn't even that I like, I was like, I, I, I need it to live. It was more just like, I was fat. I would always like count my piggy bank and I would always just, I realized like my parents didn't just like give me whatever I wanted. So there was a strong correlation between like, okay, if I want shit, I got to go work. I got to make money and I need to figure out how to make money. And then I don't know if it was because of that or on the side, I started to have like a fascination for businesses. And um, when I was really young, I started like knocking on doors to shovel people's driveways. And then I realized that um, 
it's totally not worth the 20 bucks to work for an hour and a half to shovel snow. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then I tried getting all my friends to help me, but then none of them wanted to work that hard. So that didn't work. Um, and then I was always selling stuff here and there and trying to flip things. And, um, and then, yeah, like Pat, like the real kind of endeavor was we got involved with student painting and it was like a proven system that worked. That was basically like, if you follow our lead, you will win and you will make money. And, uh, and we, I just kind of went all in on it. Um, they basically teach you to like, go literally knock on doors of people's houses and just tell them what you're doing and convince them to trust you to paint their house. And, uh, some of them shouldn't have trusted us, but, uh, <laughs> most of them should have, yeah, but most of them in the end, in the end, the most worked out. Yeah. Um, and so we, we did it. I did it for four years, Pat did it for, for two. two. Yeah. Um, and then I, I stayed and moved up and started to coach other students on how to run their businesses. And, and I, like built out a new division for them that went from painting to, uh, to franchising their window cleaning. Um, and then once I kind of felt like, like I had learned everything that there was to learn there, um, where I was doing most of the teaching to other people, instead of getting taught, um, I, I left and I traveled the world for a little bit. And then, uh, and then I moved to Toronto and just this year, I convinced Pat to actually move from Montreal to Toronto. So Pat was running one, a franchise of shine, of our company um in montreal and then he sold the franchise and uh and moved here because we were just scaling so fast that we really needed help and uh and it was it's fucking lonely running a business so uh it was it was nice to have a friend here too that's unreal that's i feel like it's so much better having a business partner do you guys mm -hmm. think so oh, i just i think 100 i think it's like better to have a, a good business partner but I do not think it's, I would blanket statement business partner yeah. over the whole, <laughs> because I think that most people use a business partner to um, like overcompensate for their insecurity about starting yeah. a business. And they think that if they have a partner, it's going to make like, you know, it'll make everything easier. Um, but I find that that's totally not the case. I mean, I, I like that I, actually. Yeah. I'll just, I'll clarify a couple of things. One there, we have Kendra too, Dan's girlfriend and another uh, owner of the business um and she's awesome but like one of the biggest yeah one of the biggest reasons that i moved here was because uh of like that kind of like loneliness of being i was alone in montreal running everything dan was here with kendra but kind of still was alone because like their jobs were kind of very separate like she was had she takes care of her thing and he takes care of his she runs thing. the so back end i she run runs the, the back end. end he runs so. everything customer facing here until this year um so like you know we would be on the phone every day and it was just like you know it, would, it built up over a while but basically one day i had like a really bad day and unbeknownst to me dan also had a terrible day and he <laughs> called me on the phone and he was like pat i really want you to move to toronto and i was like yeah, I think I should move to Toronto. And that was out of nowhere after like two years of him. Two being years like, of him I'm like never begging me and being like, no, I'm never moving. I'm never moving. And then out of nowhere, I was like, yeah, let's move. And like, what was it? Like two weeks later, we had papers drawn up and everything. And I started looking for a buyer for my business. And we just, it was done. Oh, that's knew, crazy. So it happened that, quick. Quick I knew turnover. in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I had been, I, I had been having like a, like a tough time with like the loneliness of it, like as it was building. And I just didn't like, I didn't see an end. I was like, oh my God, like, if I just keep building it, this is just going to be the same thing. So did Forever. you, did you start yourself, start and sell a business there? Is that what? Yeah. 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 Both of you guys are both like, was it both well, of you? The, sell, the starting and selling was, was just me. But basically what we did was, um, 
like when Dan was traveling the world, he had the idea with Kendra to actually start this business. And there were a lot of reasons for that, like, like window cleaning versus painting. It has a lot smaller job sizes, way easier to train guys. Uh, it's easier to make clients happy, that kind of thing. So basically um, he decided to do that. He called me when he was like sitting in, what was it? Ecuador or something like that. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, I should like tell that. it since it, it was a, well, I'm telling person. my end. Okay, so fine. he Go called on. me and brought me into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was Columbia. And basically, but, you know, um, okay. I started like the Montreal, they moved to Toronto, started the Montreal side of it, but all like the branding and stuff like that was joint. Um, it was a franchise. I did. He, he had, he owned, the, he owned the franchise in Montreal. We, we did the back end stuff and, yeah. you know, built the branding and the systems. And then we were just like, okay, this is your company. You won't have to deal with any of the bullshit. We'll handle the back end stuff that, you know, design t-shirts, that whole fun stuff. Um, and then, and then take it and run. And then I'll kind of like guide you along the way as you need help since we're doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then, so Pat did that for two years, he built it up, um, to like a, a good number of cu customers. And then, uh, and then I knew someone else who was running shout out Mitco, if you're listening, um, who was running, uh, the same industry business in Montreal that knew me. And, um, it was very fortunate because we run things very differently than most companies, most companies, mm -hmm. the system is, uh, it's old school. It's when you have employees, every time you get new employees, you got to buy another truck for them. Uh, when you when you have enough clients that you need to invoice them all the time, you hire a, a staff member, an office yeah. person to invoice them and collect money. We don't deal with any of that bullshit. We hire people that use their own cars, so way less overhead. We use Square to handle payments. We basically use software to handle most of the admin that other companies deal with. Yeah, so they have so, like full time staff in the office to deal with the stuff that we have one person. So the the and, value was much higher, um, and Mitco knew, like that I knew what well, I was doing. You tr had trained Mitco yeah. originally. That's like we're all from Student Works. It all comes. It yeah. all branches out from Student Works painting. Pool. Yeah. <laughs> the cult. <laughs> and so anyway, so I put them together and I was like, this is this is what I think his business is worth. Even if you don't make your money back in year one, you'll 100% make it back in year two. We've got a, a whole list of clients um, that are all committed every year that that have trusted us with their credit card on file and and that want us to call them every year to service them. And uh, and so he, he took a leap. He bought Pat out. And, uh, and then Pat just moved over here and, uh, and here we are. And that was history. There we go. Well, that, okay. what I was going to say, that was, uh, make oh, you, something you just said, uh, make your money back and even, uh, to buy it out and then make it back in even two years. That's an insane return. That's a great return. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like we um, have a very high, like return rate on clients. So like I've been keeping in touch with Mitco. Um, and like, yeah, he's, he's looking like he's going to make close to his money back in year one. If definitely year two, he'll make everything back. Yeah. And that's, and that's, again, like you got to realize that's not even like the clients that he got. You got to remember that there's a, a massive compound interest on scaling growth when he's going to get, you know, a hundred clients that he, or 200 clients, 300 clients that he never would have had handed to him. So now He's going to have drip campaigns to market to them. He's going to service half of them that come back. Then the ones that are happy are going to tell their friends. So it's like within five years, that's 
it's not just going to be like he's going to get that same amount back every year. It's going to multiply over and over because of the amount that he's grown. You didn't charge him enough. I'll st- <laughs> it was we were we were both very happy with with how yeah. it turned out. Um, yeah, yeah. It, we it did was, a, we basically did like a, a it was yeah. a percentage based deal. We won't go into the numbers, but yeah, we were. Let's just put it this way: I got I wasn't sure. Like after two years of building with no, like generally businesses like in our industry sell if they have like a lot of like um like multi-year contracts with big buildings but ours is all residential so there's nothing signed multi-year it was a lot of trust on so it was it's like a lot of trust so there's more risk i get it that's it that's it so we had basically i had like talked to a bunch of different people and gotten i think i ended up getting three offers in the end and his was just like far and away like the best and when i looked at it compared to when i first thought about selling it i was like i cannot believe that this is the number that i'm going to sell a business that i just built for two years for so yeah it was it was good it was great you're you're pleased with it i was very pleased yeah and he was pleased too i was just i just wanted to make sure that we both got a deal that we were like happy about he's a good friend of ours too so it was kind of like yeah it, we, I was just as, as, as like a bystander who kind of connected the dots. I was really happy to see that I was able to make something work for both of them. And, um, and yeah, now we're, we're trying to grow it in Toronto basically. Mm-hmm. Well, that's proper business when you part ways with you both happy, you yeah, know, exactly. no, no one's squeezed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, so that's basically our story. And now we're, uh, we've branched out in a bunch of different ways and we're trying to do other things, but initially we started as, like the the concept was just to be a franchise, and I wasn't going to run anything. I was just going to basically coach and build systems. And then, um, and then I just said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to deal with other people because you know when you're when you're running a franchise, you're basically you're coaching people on how to be decent human beings. It's not really about business. It's about teaching someone like how to be a business person. And usually, being a business person is dealing with your insecurities and your flaws and your traits as a person and, and overcoming that. And, uh, I think I just like, wasn't in a place to have the patience to deal with like mm-hmm. most people's bullshit. And I was like, I know what I can do. And I just want to go and drive that forward. And, uh, maybe one day we'll franchise, but that wasn't really the focus. Yeah. Fair enough. It t- takes a special kind of, uh, skill to deal with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what? So what's your plan now? Like you're not working. Um, you're building. Well, you're this. definitely working. Well, you, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't, sorry, you don't have a, a like a regular job. Um, so this this is your. I'm guessing your main source of income. But you said from the sound of it, you're not really like killing yourself to push it. You're just kind of like seeing where it goes. Do you have um like a vision for where you want it to go? Yeah. So that that's the thing, right? I mean. In, in theory, I'm a huge advocate of like writing down, setting goals, like literally writing them down, vision board, everything. In theory, do I do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not at all. <laughs> but I, I know it works and it sounds cool, but I yeah. haven't done it. Um, <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, what I really want to, if I'm talking like an actual uh, goal, long-term vision, I would love to do speaking seminars where I'm just speaking and teaching sales what I know on a large scale uh, basis. So 
hundred, you know, I mean, cool to say like a thousand people, or I mean, I'm sure it gets higher, but like you got to start somewhere. So like yeah. if I could just 50 people live in a That's room, I mean, there you go. Yeah. For me, it's not the same. It's got to be on a stage. Cause I yeah. feel like that's like the, that's where you take it to a next level. Cause like clubhouse, that stuff is cool, but there's an element of that, that isn't necessarily reality in terms of being able to do it on clubhouse. Sure. I can do that. Awesome. Great. Um, but when you step on a stage with people in front of you, I just think it requires a yeah. different level of skill and confidence. And they're there um, to see you too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, I love like, for example, like the Instagram lives, right? If I start an Instagram live, I maybe get 50, 60 people. And they, they are there to see me. But I feel like it's not the same as if I was speaking to a room of people who paid money and there's a difference i want them to pay money to come see me um and i think that would be that would be really cool i think that requires like it's basically public speaking right and i think that would yep. be awesome and i think it's like the, the the biggest fear that most people have most people fear that more than sharks or something is what i heard yeah. um <laughs> biggest fear in the world i think yeah and i'm scared of it too that's why i want to do it i feel like i'd be freaking terrified um mm. And, but I feel like it'd be so awesome to just to like do speaking seminars. And I, I would love to do that. So you, um, awesome. you, you, you mentioned earlier that you feel like having a business partner is, is so great. Do you, did you say that because just like offhand, or do you actually feel like you at times, like wish you had a business partner to help you out? Okay. Yeah. So at times I do. And then at times I remember like, so here's the thing, me and my brother used to try to do these like little entrepreneurial yeah. ventures, right? Yeah. These little thing. I mean, he's my brother. So I mean, naturally, I guess you'd say we would maybe argue, maybe you think that maybe we wouldn't, but uh, we would do that and it was fun. But then there, we'd get into these times where we would just argue like crazy. I don't know if you yeah. guys, do you guys argue or like, are you guys all, all the time yeah, but yeah okay. i feel like i get what, i know exactly what you mean um and i think that you're gonna argue no matter what like if you're not arguing with someone then there's something wrong because you're both doing the exact same thing and you shouldn't be splitting a business with someone you're, who's yeah. not adding any yeah you're either mindset. doing the exact same thing you think the exact same way you're so in sync or like you neither of you really care yeah. but yeah. we know enough like i think there's a, a key difference between like arguing and then arguing and not not ending better off than when you started productive arguments like yeah, that's exactly yeah. yeah yeah i feel like that's huge because like i i feel like having like even one or two or like even one other person as a team member is just honestly if you have the right person your business is going to operate at a hundred percent more effective yeah. more more effective and if you have three people it should be operating 300 percent more effective and that's because like yeah. i yeah that's what I'd like to think because ideally like you have your skill set, right? And ideally yep. you're, you know, you're working with someone who's got their own skill set. And when you're put together, they complement each other. And all of a sudden you're now in a, in a level where you have this one person operating hundred percent in this area and you went hundred percent in that area. Like for me, if I were to take on a business partner to uh, help me with my design, for example, because you know, I can't do my design well, um, yep my business would be at a next level probably because they have that specific skill set. So I think mm -hmm. like having strategically business partners who have are so experienced in one area and yeah. just have a particular skill set, 
is everything. And I think it adds such value to a real business. If, uh, if, if, if you're interested, I, I'll share a story with you. Um, the, the founder of Waze, uh, you know, like the GPS app, um, mm. I think he's Israeli. Um, and he said, he goes, I, I don't remember the exact figure, so I'll just throw out random numbers um, for what they are. Uh, he said something like, you know, 30% of startups fail in the first year and then another 50% in the second year and the third, only a few percent is, is left at the end. Yeah. And then what he said was, um, this was the part that was fascinating was he goes, if you, they, they surveyed um, the employees of so many companies that succeeded and didn't succeed in that, in that five to 10 year span. And um, what they found was that quite often the companies that failed really early on the employees were able to say that it was clearly not a good partnership and it wasn't going to work. And most of the time it, the, the business did not fail because it was a bad idea. It failed because the partnership was not cohesive and it was not a good partnership. And that's what caused the, the, the fundamental breakdown of the business. Um, and I, I would say the, the same thing, you know, it, it's very true. Like if it, you hit the nail on the head, if, if you're with that partner that you, but they can't just be good at design. They have to be a good at design and they have to communicate well with you and you have to get along and understand each other. And you have to have, you know, a shared North star that's pulling you forward. If very all true. of the stars aren't aligning, maybe this person wants to go left and you want to go right. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just a big headache and, and you don't know what to do with this partnership. Um, so, so what you're saying it's yeah, not as e it's no I was going to say so what you're saying is it's not as easy to find a business partner that's fully aligned terribly difficult I would I'll tell you what we're going through right now um over the last 2 years the business has been incredibly simple for me to run with Kendra because we are very much in line with what we want um we fight all the time but <laughs> but uh, it's, it's most of the time it's productive. Um, and, and we complement each other very well in that most of the things that I suck at, she's fantastic at That's and the key. most of the things that I'm really great at, she could do, but she has no desire to do. So, um, so, so that's worked very well. And we've had other problems in the business, but that was never really one of them. Now we're in our third year. And we've brought on Patrick and uh, and our other friend Dustin to basically run operations, and this is the first time I've ever really had lots of obstacles to overcome in terms of personnel, because before, if I had you know a window cleaner or whatever that wasn't great or had an attitude or something, I could just be like, "Hey, you need to change this. Like, go fucking change." And worst case, I'll just I'll just hire someone else. Um, right. And and they're a very small part of my business. But now I have these guys who I'm relying on to, to take over my entire sales team. So if something doesn't work out with them or if they're not aligned with each other or, or if they're not doing something correctly, that's a huge breakdown in the business because now my entire sales pipeline is, is clogged up and it's not working properly. So I have to manage not only their relationships with each other, but my relationship with them and you know what everyone's doing. And like we said earlier with, with franchising, it's a lot of it is about, you know, personal development and, and getting into people's heads and their mindset. So, so that now that, that is the biggest, the hardest part of this business, like 
getting thousands of dollars in sales a week is not at all an issue, mm. but making sure that all of the team members in the machine are working properly together so that the machine can run smoothly. I'm finding that's the hardest part. And I, I would have, this, this whole thing would have collapsed had I tried to do this in year one, because I wouldn't have had the systems in place and the knowledge that I have to instruct them and, and guide them down the road that we need to go down. No, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like base basically, uh, no matter Anywhere, let's say entrepreneur business, there's always going to be something that, you know, something that's challenging you, some obstacle in yeah. some area, whether it's with people, financially. Otherwise, um, why do it? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, no matter what, like you solve one challenge, you're on to the next challenge. I feel like that's what it is. Well, that's, yeah, yeah that's the, that's the nature of it. I would, uh, Everybody thinks they want to win the lottery, but nobody thinks about how miserable they're going to be when they win the lottery and, and they don't have any purpose to do anything. So. Dude, yeah, I feel I feel like that's quite true. I mean, I'll still take a lottery ticket that's winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard not to, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I definitely don't want to retire anytime soon. I would, yeah. I'd, I'd still work. Um, so was, I mean, what are we now? We're, we're, oh, wow. An hour and a half. Um, was, was there anything else you wanted to talk to us about or, or, uh, Pat, was there anything you wanted to add? No, I think we hit it all. I think we hit uh, everything I wanted to, to know about. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. No, I love, I, honestly, I love the discussion. I'm, I'm, I'm cool yeah. too. Yeah. I'm for yeah, it. This, is, this is, uh, I think, I think we might even become friends yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we're all in toronto so. yeah as soon as COVID should end yeah. we shall go get a beer well, we can hang oh, out on the clubhouse yeah, we, we can hang, hang out on clubhouse yeah the perfect sponsor us exactly um yeah man so uh it was it was great meeting you uh, i think i think we'll well, like we'll cut it now. Otherwise, Pat's gonna have a, a terrible time editing this. Oh, it's fine. Don't cut on my um, behalf. <laughs> yeah. So I guess where I mean, we where can cut it now and then, but we we can, we can keep talking. Okay, we'll keep talking. Yeah. We'll just cut it whenever we cut it. Um. So where where can the people find you? I know your Instagram is Sales with Kales, right? Which, by the way, we haven't commented on the fact that like perfect name. last name, right? Oh. Like you got lucky. Oh. Sales with Kales, perfect. I can <laughs> say like, I mean, like if my name wasn't my last name wasn't Kales, I don't think I, I probably even. wouldn't be where you are now. <laughs> yeah. right. It might have taken you just too long to think of a name, and yeah. then you would have just not done. Yeah, it. Be like, I, yeah. <laughs> let's find something else. Hey everybody, this is Patrick. Just checking in quickly after the episode to say thank you so much for listening or watching. We really appreciate it. We've got some super cool interviews lined up in the near future. We're very excited about them and we think they're going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people. So make sure that you subscribe on your platform of choice. We are officially available on all major podcasting platforms and on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe there and stay tuned for more. We'll see you next time.